Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there, he is the impressive Will Curran from Endless Events. Oh, man, and he's the latter Brant Kruger. I'm the latter Brant Kruger. Because technically, I'm the latter because I was the one who's introduced secondly. Right. But I have co-opted and stolen your, your pure... Uh, and environmental uh, uh, tendency to start using adjectives to describe the other person. Well, I mean, I describe it as a very strong uh, use case of adjectives, but um, that might be administrative. It might be cute and it might be mental, but I do find it useful and perhaps even logical. It could be cultural, realistic, <laughs> and powerful if we continue to do this all day. Yeah. But it, the visib- no. it will be visible to be known that uh, Brandt actually has numerous used adjectives that he has used in the latter. Oh yeah, my I've gosh, decided, it went back I've to the same you adjective. You don't get to have all the adjective fun, so I am going to I'm <laughs> going to co-opt this and I'm going to start using it back on you. So we I'm going to start <laughs> using the random adjective generator as well. And uh, since nobody has told us to stop, we're going to keep doing it until we <laughs> basically. That's how we got it. All right, man. What are we going to talk about today? All right, today's all about event tech that has gone badly. So we all know about good Ooh. event tech, you know, t- technologies that we love that, you know, in theory are fantastic, wherever it is, but something that's gone very long. So it might be specific events we're talking about or things that are like pet peeves of ours of things that have gone absolutely poorly when they are actually are sound event techs. Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, the technology is sound. It's not the technology's fault. Uh, but, you know, for whether it's implementation or, you know, just something along the way that gets in the way, you know, sometimes it might, might not even be anybody's fault. Uh, for whatever reason, something that's a good, sound, fun, amazing, engaging technology uh, just goes south. So I think it's a fantastic topic and hopefully we can help people uh, maybe learn a little something and avoid some of these pitfalls along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we should, uh, I think people are really interested in this. So let's uh, dive into like some of the things that we're talking about off first with general event apps mm-hmm. not working and things that, that perturb us because there's a lot of good event apps. We've seen demos of them. You use them in person when no one's using them, but then things can just go absolutely wrong. So um, I, I think the greatest example is this is just like it not loading, right? It's just not loading, not working, right? Um, <laughs> I feel like every event app that's happened to at least at one point, right? Right. And you know, and you and I do obviously do full sessions on Wi-Fi and connectivity, uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely something that it's not necessarily the app's fault. Um, but it's definitely, if you're going to rely on having good Wi-Fi and connectivity, that's got to be part of it. But, you know, to be honest, you know, in this, in this particular subject, when we're talking about event apps, for me, I get so frustrated sometimes because the, the technology is proven, right? We've had them long enough, uh, to know how to deal with things like Wi-Fi dropping, right? There's, there's ways to get around that. There's ways to deal with that and there's ways to not deal with it. And the way you don't deal with it is you just pretend it never happens. Um, you know, and so some companies are better at it than others. There's ways where you can kind of cache data and keep things stored in the background. And then once you get connectivity again, you can use that. But for me, the, the frustrating part when it comes to event apps is really you know, they're designed to, you know, at a fundamental level, replace the paper that we used to have, right? You know, we used to get, you go to a conference, you get like a binder full of stuff, you know, it's got all of your, you know, that's that's why you had the gift bags, right? You got to have a place to keep all your stuff. Um, you know, it had the schedules and it had the show floor map and it had all of this stuff, the speaker bios, all of that stuff printed. It's so easy to forget that it wasn't that long ago that we were being handed that for every single event that we went to. So at its fundamental level, while we love all the interactivity and all the games and all that kind of stuff, you got to remember that at at your core, if you're an event app, you got to be able to show people the schedule uh, in a way that's easy Mm -hmm. to read and make sense, you know, maybe give the speaker bios, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, show them the maps. I can't tell you the number of times, you know, you and I both, obviously, when we're on site, um, you know, for, for, a, for, a, for another event, for an, for a company, um, I frequently will get the opportunity to download that app, even though I'm not having anything to do with it. Um, and it blows my mind how often, you know, you just type on, like, you want to find out what time is the reception tonight. 
and it's buried somewhere. You know, it's not easy oh, to get to, God. or you got to scroll, 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 scroll. Okay, that's Monday and Tuesday into Wednesday into you know to try and find where that, you know, when, where and when that, that, that reception is. Um, or you go to, you know, I just want to find out where is the, you know, the Sorensen room, you know, you know, and so you, you because I need to quickly, <laughs> somebody just told me there's a problem and I got to go get a microphone over there. So, you know, so you go and you open up the app and where's this, uh, and you can't find the map, like it's loading or it's this like bit mapped, uh, you know, jaggy PDF that doesn't zoom when you click on it. And, and so it's like, dude, your face Feeling at the fundamental job of being an event app, um, you know, and so that really sours uh, an attendee experience. And so you can have all the greatest games and all this fun, like interactivity stuff. But if you can't handle where is the reception tonight and what am I supposed to wear? <laughs> you know, things like yeah. that, then you're failing at the essential job, in my opinion, uh, of an event app. That's so true. That's so true. And like, I mean, this is just a random like little tidbit too, talking about like, yeah, trying to find stuff. But we've all been there before. This is like a side and we'll come back to the event <laughs> apps. It's like when touch screens don't oh, work, yeah. you know, like you're in a venue and you're like, I need to find where that is. And it's like the thing doesn't even work or it's crashed and it's like a Windows error on it. You're like, dang it. Like this really could be helpful, but it's just not working. <laughs> Click here for info. And then you're like, so I think tap, it, tap, tap. Tap, 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 tap. You just keep like batting it harder and harder and harder. And then you're like, all right, this yeah. isn't working. This That's isn't exactly. working. Um, I think a great example of this, you talk about like core functionality not working, is um, AMC Theaters app. I know this isn't event related to the events industry, but just uh, uh, bear with me in a minute. So I watch a ton of movies. I watch see every movie that comes out every Thursday, and I have the a, the A list membership where you book ahead of time doesn't cost any money. So we use primarily the app to book tickets. Um, and there's two things that frustrate me more than anything and almost makes me just like want to throw my phone or computer through the window. Um, and that is two features. One is when it just doesn't work and it crashes like, or it says like there's an error when I'm reserving my seat. And then when I try to go back, the seat is currently like being <laughs> potentially reserved. So it holds onto that seat. So now I can't book that seat. So I have to wait. And sometimes I forget that I had to book the seat and I've showed up to the theater and been like, wait, did I book my ticket? I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't book my ticket. Someone else booked it. And I have to sit to the right of my friend rather than the left or whatever it may be. Um, and sometimes like, I, you know, I'm, I get lucky and I'm, I'm making it happen, but that's so frustrating. But the other feature that frustrates me, we talked about bad UX and things like that is there's just basically uh, the show you call right? it UX and offer anybody that doesn't know. Oh, UX uh, user experience or like okay. user design. Like, so the actual fit, the front end, the the piece that you are interacting with the most, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. UX uh, is user experience, yep. right? Yeah. User. user experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, so actually some really good talks, by the way, just side, side tangent of your side tangent. Yeah, yeah. There's some folks out there doing really great talks on UX of events. Hmm. So just, just keep that in mind. Like the user experience, thinking about the user experience. Anyway, back that. to the app. So totally. So there's a, a, a feature that basically allows you to pick your seats, right? And it shows you the whole theater, where the seats are, and you kind of pick. Um, two things, super rant. Don't let me pick a seat. And then it turns out I picked the one in the center, and then now I'm off center on the screen. It has to be accurate. But with that being said, anyone who's an AMC user is like, I know, what the heck? But there's this feature where you pick the seats. Well, the problem is when you have a theater with 300 seats, those dots to pick the seats are incredibly small, right? So what's funny is that technically you can use your thumb on the mobile app to be able to select it. I didn't learn this because it was not obvious. And I hate when apps have this because it's a great tech, but they just miss the boat on trying to explain something. There was a magnifying glass. It's an icon with a circle with two arrows on the side that expands it and allows you to zoom in, but it just zooms in. And then you still have to scroll to where you're going. Um, it's kind of frustrating because I didn't know that for literally months of using this app. And I would spend so much time, really trying to get fine control to tap the little tiny squares. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, I really mm. want to pick that. And then it selects that seat. But the only way to then deselect the seat is to tap it again. So I have to right. get it perfect and tap stylus. the other one. Ah, oh, so frustrating. But I think, yeah, exactly. Based on the styles, like, no, get yeah, me a note exactly. 10 plus. I'm good to go. But it's so frustrating. As soon as you said that, what popped into my head is that, that that's a different convention, right? So, so you know, we, we fall into these things where like, we all agree that even though nobody has seen, you know, a, a floppy disk in 15 years, the little floppy disk icon means save. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we, there's, there's these conventions that we all agree on and like the hamburger know, one icon. Of them is, well, and a magnifying glass means search. 
<laughs> to oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I would never click on that expecting it to zoom. I would click on that expecting it to be a search function. Interesting. Yeah. And like the two arrows at the side, like kind of expanding out, like the outward swiping zoom might be what it means. I think I learned too that I think you can swipe in to look, but it doesn't work always perfectly. So it's just, it's one of those things where they can, it's a great tech, but then just ends up like not working, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm so excited. I get to book my tickets on my phone. I'm ahead of time. It doesn't cost me anything. It's super fast but then the execution just barely misses. So right, I'm going to bring it back to event stuff. Um, uh, only in, because you, you made me think of uh, another, you know, kind of UX type of issue. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times we're talking more and more about engagement. And so we want to do networking and we want, here's the list of attendees and you want to be able to send a message from this attendee to that attendee, or I want to connect and get their information. So uh, frequently what I find on a lot of event apps is then you'll get, you know, this list of a thousand people, right? And sure, you can search if you know the person's name, but sometimes maybe you just want to peruse and you're just mm -hmm. floating through and like, oh, I didn't see that person or from that company or something along those lines. And then you okay. click on the name. You see, I, you probably see where I'm going with this. Yeah, you click it. on the name, it opens up and then you close it and it goes back to the top of the list. So it doesn't go back <laughs> to where you were in the list. I see that all oh, the time. My God. So you're scrolling through, uh, let's say, we'll say actually like uh, um, Expo. Right. So you're looking at all the exhibitors. And so you're like, oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, oh, they're at 512. Okay, great. You click on that. You open it up. Okay. You read about them. Well, I'm not interested in that. You close that up. Boom. It goes all the way back up to the uh, top. Of the list. You have I, to scroll, scroll, scroll just to get uh, back to where you were in the list. And I see that so often when it comes to these event apps. So just another little user experience criticism there and, uh, for all of our friends out there doing the event tech apps. And you know, the problem is, is that no one who hires these technologies ends up utilizing, using them, right? Like as a planner, how often do you as a planner become the person who actually uses the app, right? Like, and the problem is you look at it from, you see a demo, you see it and you see the back end a lot. You spend a lot of time in the back end, but you never see the front end. Right. And in those demos, it's always got a test data set of like 15 people. So it looks great. <laughs> You know, so you want to scroll down and you click on that and there's their name and there's their info. Fantastic. But then, you know, when it's in reality and you've got a thousand people in there, it's a whole sure. different experience. And so my recommendation, I think best practices for this is that uh, similar to the way that I evaluate technologies I implement inside my company is that we you should never um, just buy the tech and implement it right away. Like build out a big, long trial process, abuse it, use it. Uh, a ton. So for example, um, uh, let's say, for example, I just got this new scheduling software. I really want to use it. Like get in the software, click through every menu, look at every setting, look at everything like that. Make yourself an attendee profile, become the attendee, build out a fake data set. So use it like you were going to use it, then decide to implement it. I think far too often we say we make a decision, then decide to implement it. And before we know it, we're down the rabbit hole and we've decided to do it. I mean, Utilize the software 100% before you commit to it. Um, and if you have to import a data set or whatever it may be, or spend a week really playing with it, you'll make sure you're choosing the right thing. Especially if you're looking at like a three-year contract. I mean, they they should really let you. Oh, God. You know, that drives me nuts too, is that, you know, you get, you get people that lock into these three-year contracts and then, you know, six months into the first year, they realize they absolutely hate the software. You know, totally. so it's like, oh boy, I'm so sorry. Totally. Uh, and then they, or give you like a, I was gonna say, give you a couple months in and then have an opt out period or something like that. Like have a way that you can get out of it. So you're not locked into it hundred percent. Right. Right. All right. Anything else on event apps? <laughs> yeah. Some of this is cathartic. <sighs> I'm glad we're getting a chance. Oh my gosh. And I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think we got another one you want to go on, go on down into, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted. I mean, for me, the Natch like next move uh, is uh, is actually uh, event bots. I mean, so uh, you know, we're we're you know, we just came off of as we're recording this. You and I just came off of Connect, and and one of the fascinating things that we talked about this last year at Connect is that they were already very early on talking about throwing out the event app completely and going exclusively with an event chatbot. Um, and so both last year and this year, and well, possibly earlier than that, but definitely the last two, they went hard on using uh, Sancio's event bots product. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it does a good job. You know, I, I was very happy with it. I, it did what I needed it to do. So whenever I needed, you know, to look at the agenda, uh, I would either ask it, or I would just scroll back in my messages where I'd already asked it and there, and it would send me a link 
to the agenda off of their website. So rather than trying to duplicate that information, um, uh, you know, in, in an in an entirely new event app, you know, Connect went entirely app free for the most part. I think there was one that was kind of a legacy app. I heard somebody mentioning uh, that still kind of exists, but you know, didn't necessarily have the most update up to date information and all that kind of stuff. So I was very happy with it. What was interesting to me is that. Um, and uh, the, the, the folks, uh, you know, using the, I don't want to call anybody out specifically, but I do want to say that um, mm -hmm. they, because they, they saw the problem, they recognized it and they shut it down. Um, but, but very early on in this year's implementation, they were kind of using it like you would an event app which is, you know, hey, you know, let's push out a push notification to everybody, uh, you know, stop by booth 808 so you can get your free chance to do this kind of thing. But the problem was there wasn't any selectivity on that. It was being sent to, mm. uh, you know, every attendee, every speaker, every supplier, every vendor, you know, everybody was getting that as a broadcast thing. And so, Within between, but you know, between uh, the provider and and connect folks, they actually decided to, sh to shut that down. Um, so they realized that they were doing it wrong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is as a as a cautionary tale that if you do start to go down this road of we want to get rid of the event app and we want to go entirely through uh, using a chat bot, you have to change your mindset a little bit. You can't just mm -hmm. have this same mindset of we're gonna blast out, blast out, blast out, blast out um, because text messaging has a different feel to it, right? It feels more personal. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons that it's so effective, uh, you know, is that it's got like an 86% read rate of anything that you push out. So if you're getting that, or it might even be higher than that. So if you're getting that kind of read rate on anything that you push out, you need to be uh, sensitive to that. You need to be aware of that and not abuse that privilege, not abuse that right. Or immediately people are going to mm -hmm. start unfollowing the app. They're going to start unfollowing the bot and say, just leave me alone. And so I will even say, I'll, I'll even say, and I would say this to their face. So this is nothing, you know, crazy. Um, but even, even then, so even though they made that decision and that helped a ton to, to, to stop pushing those notifications in that way, um, towards the end, she started getting a little chatty again. <laughs> it was, it was like, but, and there was even one that said, this is my last post. And then there was one after that. <laughs> so it was, kind of, oh, God. it was like, oh boy, come on. And I could, I'm sure, you know, there's probably folks that are slapping their heads uh, on the back end. So just something to be aware of as, you know, and, and I'm not, like I say, actually, I give them a lot of credit for moving forward with this idea of just heck with the app, you know, heck with the app. Let's do the thing. You, know, so you mm -hmm. just have to be careful mm -hmm. with that implementation. You have to be careful that you're not abusing your audience's eyeballs, uh, in a, you know, and, and, and taking advantage of the fact that we do read text messages in a way more than we do app notifications. Yeah, I uh, I can't agree more. I think like whenever it comes to communication standards, you know, there's a reason why GDPR was pushed out so hard is that, you know, people started abusing the powers of what this software could do to reach people. Um, and people didn't want to just be like, nope, I'm 100% out. Like, you know, like people wanted to be, have more control over their data. And I think that I see it far too often. I mean, this is maybe a sidebar, but like I see it far too often still these days. And it makes me so angry when I see it very specifically using a very specific software that I know really tries hard to combat this. But when people add you to email lists and all of a sudden I'm getting your email list, I'm like, I never opted in for this. Yes. Okay. If I bought your software, put me on your email list. If I, um, you know, legitimately am a customer saying I'm, I'm interested in this, give me some information. But even then, like, don't send me a newsletter unless I ask for it. And, and, uh, you know, it really frustrates me because I'm a huge HubSpot customer and they have it that when you import a list, the last checkbox you have to put in is does this person want to hear from you do you have permission to contact right. this person blah, 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 you know this and this and that and everyone just says yes and then all of a sudden i get a weekly newsletter and i'm like i like i get it you want to market it's effective blah 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 but man when i went to pure opt-in like i really had control of the data and allowed my customers to choose how many emails they get and everything like that like the engagement went through the roof and I, I think that they, everyone who subscribes to our content hopefully feels the same way as well. And I think the same thing has to happen with these event apps is that like, look, just because I am an attendee, don't blast me out with a million different things. I, allow me to pick and choose my experience because 
like you said, right. you got blasted with it, but now you don't want to listen to anything they've been said. I was, I was literally an hour away from just, uh, from disconnecting. Like uh, there was enough coming through and enough badoodles coming on my phone. And every time I'd look down and there was, there was the chat bot, I was, I was almost myself ready to do it. And then it stopped. And I think they realized it at exactly the moment that I was about to do it. So, um, so, so, so kudos to them for recognizing, oh yeah, we need to, we need to chill on that. Totally, totally. And I think, um, also at the same time too, like be careful of like the platform in which you're reaching people. Because for example, text messages, I think show up as the top notification on my phone. And when I see the text message notification, only people have my cell phone number have that ability. So it's usually someone really important that I really want to talk to. So if I'm deciding to opt into an SMS bot, there's a reason why the engagement's so high. It's because most people don't, are always looking at their texts. Yeah. So I think think that's, there's a lot of, lot of best practices, you know, so a lot of this is new. So we're still trying to figure it out. And I'll say, you know, you've, you've done a lot of amazing work with automation and things like that. And, and there's been some mistakes, but I also know that you've also owned them. And so, you know, times when you've run into an error and somebody that wasn't, you know, wasn't really opting in get, you know, you owned that. So I give you credit for that as well, that, you know, anytime you're playing with these technologies, things can go wrong. So, and if they do own it, and change it, you know, do better, you know, the next time so that you don't, uh, you don't wind up doing it. So, and I think, and I think that's a good example of what happened is they kind of realized, oh crap. Yeah. If we keep doing it the way that we're doing it, uh, you know, everyone's just gonna, <laughs> you know, say disconnect, disconnect, leave me alone. And, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, n- nobody's using the technology and then everybody's really confused as to where do I have to be and when do I have to be? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You know, I, I, I got a random one that might take us a little bit off uh, off okay. topic uh, if I can move away from like event apps and uh, the, the bots and things like that. That's Yo. okay. Um, so random one. We were actually talking about this in our presentation this last week, but uh, sales demos mm. on site, like on presentations. Um, and uh, I know you have a really good story, so I don't want to like definitely I want to let you tell this story. But I think far too often that. Um, you know, technology is the idea of like, we can now show live demos of things and we have the ability to show these technologies and how it works on big gigantic screens and things like that. And then them not working is so bad. And I think uh, the story that you tell, I don't think we've talked about it at all on this you show. The Wi-Fi story, the live demo thing. Uh, yeah. The Wi-Fi story. Yeah. With the live sales demo. Yeah. That we talked about. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I suppose, <laughs> I guess that fits into this category of, of good tech gone bad. Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it was one of those things I was working for an association client. And, you know, as we were dealing with the speakers leading up to the presentation, the speaker emailed, uh, you know, us as the AV provider uh, production company and uh, as, you know, and the, uh, the, the organizers, hey, is there going to be uh, internet access for the, for, the, for the speakers? No, no, there is not. Like it was unequivocal. It was like, no, no, there's not. And and then like once we got there on site, dude again was like, so is there going to be internet access from the stage when I do my presentation? And we're like, no, no, there is not. Like we even like, you know, you double check with the planner. Is there? No. Should we? No. You know, I mean, it was was clear. Um, You know, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to do it. And then like, like right before, you know, lunch and he's going to be on after lunch, he's like corners us at the tech table with the planner there. And he's like, so there's not going to be internet access. And we're like, no, no, there's not. He's like, oh, I really need it. I've got this whole online demo I want to do of the new portal and all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. And so we, we kind of look at the planner, planner kind of looks at us and she's like, is it going to be expensive? And we're like, yeah, it's going to be expensive. And we all turn to him like, do you need this? You know, he's an executive. It's, you know, it's important. So we're like, do you need this? And he's like, yes, yes, I need it. Okay, great. So, you know, over lunch, we like bring, you know, contact the venue. We get a hard line brought in, so, you know, hard line internet connection. You know, we run it out to the podium so we can plug in, you know, we run the VGA out to the you know, podium so he can connect in, so he can run the thing from the demo, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we make it all happen over lunch, you know, which is the kind of stuff that, we, you know, we just love to do. And, uh, and um, you know, we make it happen. And it's going to be like four grand, you know, for like this one Internet demo, something along those lines. Because, you know, right. Internet's yeah, exactly. so cheap these days. And, you know, and it doesn't <laughs> matter if you're using it for a minute or a day. <laughs> you know, it's going to be the price is going to be the price. So we make it happen. Dude gets up there after lunch, gives his whole presentation. Nothing. 
There's no live internet demo. It's just his slides. And he comes back, you know, to the tech table afterwards and the planner's standing right there. And he's just like, oh my God, I forgot to do the demo. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're just like looking at each other going, you just cost your association four grand for no good reason. (laughs) So it's just one of those things that like, if you're going to be doing these types of, you know, either a live demo, you know, one, does it have to be live or could it just be a screen record, you know, that you just walk through and talk over? Why does it have to be live? You know, you know exactly what you're going to click on and what you're going to type. So if that's the case, just do it once, record it, and then you're able to play it back and then you don't need to, you know, spend four grand for a hardline internet connection. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that there are alternatives to uh, doing a live demo 99% of the time. There's really not a good reason most of the time to do a live internet demo. So, uh, so why risk, you know, a live demo is like the worst thing on the world. You know, the flop sweats that come, you know, I, you you know, you know, I was just, I was doing that stuff on projection mapping the flop sweats that come when you're trying to do a live demo. (laughs) This is incredible. It's not working. It's not going fast enough. Vamp will vamp. Vamp, vamp. And I think it brings up a good point of like good ideas gone bad. It's like obviously demos are great, especially for software companies. Like you have to show the inside, show what's going on. But like the bad thing to do is to have it go wrong because the internet's not working or you just, you know, or it just doesn't work. Like just make a video recording and talk through it like as if you're using it. I mean, look at one. one, Go ahead. I was going to say, look at Apple's events. They don't actually do any like in-person demos. It's all video screen grabs. Anyways, go ahead. No, I had a real quick flash of of one more we can throw in here, uh, which is that you and I get pitched a lot on technology, you know, because of this show, because of what we do. You know, I get all the time the emails of, hey, I want to show you my latest thing. Hey, I want to show you my latest thing. And it's funny. There is a significant percentage of those demos that like I always say, you know, anything goes right in a demo. But where like a where a the demo fails or B, like the person is calling in from like, you know, the worst possible place. It's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm taking my time, you know, out of my day to sit down and have you do demo your software. And you're calling in from, you know, an airport, you know, busy airport or, you know, something like that. Like just reschedule. It It doesn't have to be, you know, I can barely hear what they're saying. It's, it's, uh, you know, or they're, yep. you know, they've got really bad uh, Wi-Fi because they're on vacation with their family. It's like, dude, enjoy your vacation with your family. Don't, you know, don't, don't feel <laughs> like if had I known that you were going to be calling in, I'd be like, dude, we can do this in a week. You know, we <laughs> don't have to do it right now. You know, I'm interested critical. in your stuff, but not that interested where you need to be like calling me from your hotel room in, you know, uh, you know, in the Caribbean. <laughs> and so, you know, just, just to be, you know, Put your best foot forward, folks. Don't, uh, don't, you don't have to call in from the worst possible place. Most things can wait, especially sales calls. So true. So, so true. Well, I think a, a good pivot into the one of these topics that I know we wanted to talk about too is related to Wi Fi and internet um, for events in kind of like good scenarios where you like, hey, everything's thought, thought of, but then something goes bad. Um, and I know you brought up a really, really <laughs> good point, which I never even think about. Are you talking about the engagement stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mainly like, yeah, about the how uh, we're. I think you're talking about the lobby versus the conference Wi-Fi. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we were, as we were kind of talking pre-show about some of this stuff. So yeah, it's an it's another it's another branch got a story time. <laughs> uh, kind of. Thing. I feel so like we the, need like an intro that we put in here, like boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It's time for 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 branch story time. Story time. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. It's it's well. You can do that on ZenCaster, but uh, it's easier for me to do that on Zoom. <laughs> so I've got some great story time music. So let me know if you want to import it. Um, so yeah, whenever it's Brant story time, you can just play it gently in the background. Uh, so yeah. So this one is is I you know a lot. I do a lot of work uh, in addition to the technical production work. I do work for event companies like uh, engagement apps and things like that, where I'll be their their person on site to make sure that it goes well. And so uh, I want to be sure to say that this is not a problem with those technologies. But one of the, and, and this is more along the lines of what we talked about at the very beginning, where sometimes things just go wrong. And I don't even know who to blame on this one. So that's why it really is a good example of good tech done, <laughs> done gone bad. Good tech gone bad. Uh, where, you know, so we were doing the engagement app and then people were coming up to me as the representative of that company saying it doesn't work. And I'm like, what? You know, it's I'm looking at my own and everything's working fine. I'm looking at the back end. Everything's looking fine. Yeah, it doesn't work. doesn't connect. I'm like, can you connect to anything? 
yeah, I can. I was on. I was on just something, you know, five minutes ago. Okay, great. You know, can just 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 humor me. Just type in, you know, Google.com, you know, type, 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 type. And then the splash page for the hotel pops up. And so, you know, for anybody that doesn't know how this stuff works, if you're hitting that splash page of, you know, putting your room number or something like that, it's not letting the rest of your traffic go through to the internet until you do that. It's called a captive portal. Um, So if you're hitting that splash page and haven't put in your room number or anything like that, don't get me started on passwords. That's a whole never conversation. But anyway, (laughs) if you're hitting that splash page, it's not letting your traffic through. So what was happening is that the app was trying to just, you know, hit the internet and transfer back and forth with the server and all that kind of stuff. But that data was being blocked and it was being blocked by that captive portal. So what was happening was is that the person was logging onto the app in the meeting rooms and connecting to the meeting using the meeting code and all that kind of garbage on, you know, meeting Wi-Fi networks. And then what happened is they moved just, you know, five steps to the right and their phone decided that the closer, stronger signal was the Wi-Fi in the lobby which was an open Wi-Fi connection as well. And maybe they'd connected on it the day before or something along those lines. And so that kept happening where the person would come up to me and say, the app doesn't work. Well, because the app is trying to send data back and forth to the server, but it it can't because of this captive portal thing that's going on. So like I say, I really don't know that's not really anybody's fault. It's just a quirk yeah. of networking. It's a quirk of mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, if you move five steps to the right, you're closer to the lobby Wi-Fi. And so I, I just kind of mm-hmm. walked her through, you know, just open it up and then you can say, you know, forget. So, and, and mm-hmm. don't auto connect, right? So those are settings that are in yep. most phones and laptops to say, forget this network, don't auto connect to this network. Um, and that then they were able to stay on the meeting Wi-Fi. Um, but the, then mm-hmm. the problem would be if they did like wander into the lobby or something along those lines uh, they and wanted to connect, uh, they would have to go through the whole captive portal thing. And this is my you know room number and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So just more of a you know continued word to the wise uh, that if you're going to be using these types of engagement apps or even an event app, anything that's going to hit Wi-Fi, just be aware that if you're close to another network that people might be logging into, you could run into these types of problems. Yeah. And and it's funny as I think it helps that like everyone have a better understanding of how these general technologies work in that sort of way. Um, But yeah, that's one of those really tough things that sometimes things just go wrong and you can't do anything to prevent it. Right. And you're just like, oh, I just really wish that we could fix this. you know, um, like, well, let's give an example, too, of a potential, um, uh, not necessarily Wi-Fi related. Is there anything else Wi-Fi related that you want to talk about before I have another random one that I just thought of? No, but well, just to put a bow tie on that story, the, the person that was having the problems was like head of IT for that company. And so oh. I was getting I was getting a lot of attitude of, of oh. your, your crap doesn't work. Um, and, oh. and so for me to like point out, you know, Hey, you're hitting the you're hitting the the lobby Wi-Fi. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not. I know like I know what I'm doing. Like I literally got the like basically the don't you know who I am card laid on me. And I was just like, can I could you just do me a favor and just hit the Google.com? And yeah, it was uh, so that was a little awkward for the rest of the event. What's so funny too is that like it looks like you're connecting because sometimes when you're connected to Wi-Fi and the captive portal is blocking you, it's still pulling mold at the data. So it seems like some other things are still working. You just don't know sometimes. So you're like, Yeah, and you can't see, you know, and so the yeah, the icon still shows like as fine. Um, you know, sometimes on Android, uh, you'll get a little notification that says, please sign into this network. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I don't think iOS does that. But if I'm wrong, please let me know. Hashtag event tech podcast. <laughs> Hashtag event tech podcast. All right, I got another one. Good tech. So ideas for software where you're like, hey, we're gonna like crowdsource this, i.e. we're gonna crowdsource a bunch of mm-hmm. questions using a uh, like a question and answer software, right? We're gonna crowdsource a poll, blah, blah, blah. We do all these things. Software is done really, really well. It's working perfectly. <laughs> no one uses it. So there's like, obviously like, right, like two ways this can happen. Obviously it can be not explained properly and people aren't using it. It could be that people just don't care and no one ends up using it. But like when you are relying on a major element of your software to crowdsource and no one does it. Yeah. That's a huge one, right? Like perfectly running tech. 
<laughs> There's nothing yeah, well, you can there do about is, it. Though there is, and so you know, you bring up a, you bring up a great point, which right, is right. Uh, something that we've talked about before in the context of of mobile event apps, um, and also you know this kind of engagement stuff. Uh, you know, when we're talking about live streams or anytime we're talking about engagement, um, you can't just buy the software and throw it out there. You have to promote it. You have to you know you have to tend your garden, right? You can't just you know throw a bunch of seeds out back and call it good. Uh, and and then suddenly vegetables grow, right? You have to tend your garden. You have to pull the weeds. You have to give it water. You have to all this kind of stuff. And so anytime you're using a mobile app, you know, the, the way you're going to get 80, 90 percent, uh, you know, adoption rates is you have to you have to tend it. You have to send out email blasts. Who hasn't done it? Give them a reason to do it. You know, when 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 uh, we talked to the folks at GameStop, you know, they were talking about how they had their influencers way out ahead of the event, getting on the app, generating content so that when you log into the app, there's already a bunch of stuff there. It's like, it's brilliant. It's like, of course, that's what you have to do. You can't just, you know, just log in and then it's all just, you know, crickets, <laughs> you know, you want to log in and find there's already this like vibrant community that's already talking about stuff and asking questions. So there are ways to do it. And, and, and that's, that's a perfect example of good tech gone bad. So, so thank you <laughs> for bringing that up is that you need, you know, <laughs> you need to be able to, you know, you can't just, you know, buy the shiny, shiny, sign the contract for three years and, and push this stuff out there. You know, you need to tend it. You need to make sure that you're putting it in every mm -hmm. single email blast. Um, you need to make sure that you're making, you know, encouraging people, giving people a reason to download it. All right, folks, we're going to be doing polling during the course of the event. Uh, so we really want to make sure that your voice is being heard. Um, uh, and to start with, to get everybody on, we're going to do some softball questions and we're going to choose a random uh, person uh, from, you know, this first response to win a $50 gift card. Boom. You know, you've got a reason to do it, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, and now, you know, once you get over that hurdle of the install of the app or the, uh, you know, adding the web page to your home screen or something like that, once you get over that first hurdle, now you're, you know, you're 80 mm -hmm. percent of the way there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's uh, any any other ones? We got a couple more on here. Thing, good tech gone bad. Yeah, well, you you shared uh, uh, some fun stuff, you know, which is on the back channels of production world, uh, where we were talking about <laughs> talking stage about designs. yeah, amazing amazing stage designs and really cool things, and you know, you and I are both always looking out uh, in the future to see what people are working on. Uh, we've also both got a passion for you know the fun, cool, amazing stuff that's happening in concerts and touring and DJs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. sent on uh, a pretty fascinating article. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was about this really amazingly cool, like LED, like uh, circle, you know, that, yeah, yeah. that you know a sphere that the you know, the DJ could sit in the middle of the sphere, and it was all custom built, <laughs> and it was all this, and the, like the effects were like eye popping, amazing, incredible effects of like eyeball oh, so looking cool. looking across the thing, and then but like and I'm watching this thing, <laughs> and I'm looking at the headlines, and I'm looking at the uh, uh, at the uh, rest of the article that's around the video, and it's like, hey, and it was only used once. I'm like, wait, what? And it was only used yeah. once because it was so heavy, they broke the venue. So whatever they were using to rig, uh, you know, up in the ceiling, this thing was so heavy because they didn't pay any attention. It was five tons. Yeah. Five tons. It was, like a, it was a five ton sphere that the DJ booth could be mounted in. They <laughs> broke the venue. And had to like, so like cancel using it for the rest of the tour. And so it, this, they, they spent all this time and all this work making this gorgeous effect and they only used it once. It's just so crazy. Yeah. So it's Eric Prides um, with a Z at the end and a Y. And you probably can search it since they're a big, uh, gigantic <laughs> hollow sphere, as they called it. And he spent two years developing this technology. <laughs> it really it's was so gorgeous. It was cool. Gorgeous I mean, effect. just get a chance to watch the video on it. Um, and yeah, they're like, we did it for Tomorrowland for this like pre-party. It was exclusive for their, their, you know, the, and they call it Epic, Eric Pride's in concert. Um, and, you know, they did the concert and it was so cool. And they were like, all right, we're going to, you know, do another one. And it couldn't, it, yeah, it literally broke the venue. They're like, for safety reasons, we're no longer going to do this. So, but man, to be at that concert, to say I only saw it once. Wow. 
<laughs> right, right, right. That probably makes it even better. The fact that, yeah, that it was almost, you know, it was the only time it was ever used, totally. uh, this amazing technology. So, the, yeah, that almost, so that, yeah, I definitely wanted to include that in our list of like, you know, if you're going to come up with some kind of custom solution, <laughs> uh, you know, for some amazing effect, you might want to pay attention to the weight. Definitely, definitely. Always pay attention to the weight. <laughs> right, man. So I can't let us conclude this topic without you recapping to a certain extent your experience uh, with a certain technology that is a good technology uh, that wasn't necessarily implemented the best. You already know what I'm going with this. So you got to talk to us. You yeah, got to yeah. tell us the Alexa story. And because uh, I, I know we've talked about it a little bit yeah. on this show uh, when we talked about assistance <laughs> and events, uh, but I think it's worth, uh, I think yeah. it's worth bringing up in this context. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I even explained it on the episode or not. I just said like how much I hate that. Like people are like, yeah, we're going to make this be the thing that you ask questions to. But we, ha- I don't know if I posted this story. I got to remember this. We're getting, we're recording so many episodes now that I don't remember. But basically, long story short was that they were like, oh, well, we want to highlight that we have this, right? So what's the best way to do this? It's kind of going back to the one. We're going to do a demo on stage and we're going to have the CEO talk to this, you know, echo and it's going to say responses that we have. So they wrote out a script for what it was going to say. And it was obvious that I think sometimes it would answer the right question to that. And sometimes it was like definitely custom scripting where it like called back on the person's name and stuff. Well, the, the, we're like, okay, this is like totally doable and a good idea to like promote this thing you just got on stage. And we're totally cool with it. Just no one thought about the fact that <laughs> it wasn't going to work perfectly if you just right. plugged it in and said, you know, how are you going to mic it up? How are you going to, what's all the tech stuff that go into it? So long story short, we ended up just doing Simon says. So the way there's a command where you say a word, Simon says, and then you say something and she'll say it back to you. So I got to play the recording of all the A-Words voices by doing A-Word, Simon Says, like, hello, David, you know, and um, we basically, the client had no idea how this was going to happen. So we just had to figure it out on our own <laughs> as the AV company, which I, I mean, so to some extent, we weren't really paid to do, but we're, we're you know, right. at some point I also want to figure it out because I'm a problem solver and I, I'm addicted to that stuff like crack. Um, so um someone's going to totally like edit that up and say, Will's addicted to crack. Um, so we ended up doing Simon Says, pre-recording all the responses and playing it back. But the problem was we needed to put it on stage because we, if people didn't look at it, it would just seem like it was pre-recorded. So we want to make it look like it was uh, going. So we ended up putting it on stage. Well, luckily, the the first generation, I only knew about the first generation because I was the main like uh, pillar one I had. It didn't have a headphone jack on it, and it had. And if you muted it, it put a big red ring. So we didn't want to make it look like it was right. muted because people would know that we were faking it. So I was like, well, what do we do to make it light up every time he talks to it? And luckily, he said the word to start it, so it lit up every time he responded to it automatically. But we found one that had a, not an echo dot, but a full side pillar that had a headphone jack. So we literally plugged the cable into it. That went to nowhere. So it wouldn't make noise, but it would light up. And I think we fooled everybody 100%. I mean, that's the case where it actually worked out okay. But imagine if we had done that in person and had it like actually respond back. Or we tried to do it live in any sort of way. Right. Like, you know, we had to pull some show trickery to make it end up happening. But, you know, I just – I'm not a big fan of them because they just never seem to work. I mean, we, we uh, every day I have like 15 of these Google Homes in my house. And I say stuff to all day and it just doesn't get what I said. And I'm like – you're in a completely quiet environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to rant too much more about this, but there's like this stuff never works, <laughs> but there's, there's, there is a tip in there. So that I think, I think what you did though, is you accidentally stumbled on a great bit. And so anyone that's looking to, uh, you know, do a little something fun for an opening session or something like that. If you, you, you now know how to do a fake, uh, a word bit, right? By the way, it's a totally different. When I say a word, that's not what I usually think of. So, Madame A, uh, so Madame Woody. A bit, um, you know, is is you would be able to do exactly the way that Will described it. So you pre-record the responses, um, and then you know just use a, a disabling cable or some kind so that you can do that, uh, and then play them back, uh, you know, as part of as part mm-hmm. of the cue sheet. Um, and you would be able to have a, actually a pretty funny bit. Uh, with your your C level or whoever talking to a Madame A, um, and, and you could do stuff with the lights, mm-hmm. you could do stuff with the mm-hmm. sound. I mean, it was, there's actually a lot of fun that you could have with that. Problem is, it sounds like they were trying to be serious. Yeah, about super stuff. serious about it. <laughs> they really wanted it to come off uh, as like you should definitely use this technology. Like, oh, maybe we shouldn't. Right. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we got like a couple more left on this list. I think this one was more app related. So I, I feel for bad tacking it on at the end. But once one last one I wanted to bring up is kind of like 
I think we've talked a ton about these shows. It's like single point of failure um, situation. And um, yep. I actually experienced this yep. one in person, but the, I believe that it is really smart. I love that. Like there's these always technologies come out with beacon related technologies where, you know, you can check into sessions, you can know where you're going, you can track where you've been, all these things like that. I think it's such a good technology. And there's some ones that are doing it really, really well. Well, the problem is when uh, I, I experienced it once is that it was used for payments. And the idea was like you tap your bracelet, okay. your wristband to the payment thing, boom, you're paid. And you had a credit card on file. You didn't have to preload it. And this has happened at concerts before, obviously, yeah. when it's gone wrong. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really positive things yeah. about this stuff, how easy it is and how it makes everyone's life. You can leave your wallet totally. behind. And that it, it tracks at all expenses. So one of the things I wanted to do, I wanted to go pay for lunch. And I think I ate at an odd time. So I can't imagine this happening during the business time. I either got lunch early or I got it late, I remember. And I went to go pay. And the guy's like, oh, the tap to pay systems down. Well, can I pay with a credit card? No, I don't have any way to do that because it had to all go through that because they, I don't know, they were tracking how much people were spending or whatever it may have been. No sure. way to take it. I was like, well, okay, well, what am I going to do? Well, you can't eat. <laughs> Wait, what? You can't, you can't, you can't eat. And I was like, so, and he's like, yeah, I asked the other vendors, it's down for everybody. And I think that's what, and I was like, well, I'm I'm really hungry and I have to eat now because I have the XYZ session that like I'm not gonna get another time to eat. Well, and luckily the vendor was super duper cool. Like thank God for for super chill vendors. He was like, Look, when the system gets back up, come up and pay me. Like I trust you. Let's make like make has I'm gonna put the order in, we'll make it happen. And I was like, Okay, cool. Luckily they were able to fix the system where you got another credit card or whatever it was and ended up making it happen. But you know, that the single point of failure for that sort of stuff can be really, really deadly um, to your entire event, especially when it comes to feeding people. Like, okay, sure, we didn't track the session that you're in or whatever it may be, but always have a backup. Always have a backup. We did a whole episode on that. So I feel like I'm preaching to the choir at this point. Everyone's probably a pro at that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it brings up a fascinating point. Or, you know, I, I've heard multiple stories about festivals and concerts going completely cashless. And uh, and uh, I believe, if I remember right, also completely cardless. That you, the only way to do it, the only way to pay, was using this type of technology. So you have to ask yourself, as an organizer, what happens if it goes down? Mm -hmm. um, so you know, even if it's just a matter of having a single square terminal, you know, in the back, you know, something, some way to be able to accept, at the very least, a credit card. I think that's a reasonable backup plan, <laughs> you yeah. know, just some something to be able to do a, a credit card or something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that uh, sums up my point perfectly. <laughs> you know, I thought of one more from our Connect experience um, yeah. that uh, it was it's actually I, I want to throw this out as a very as a positive with like one minor tweak. So, you know, all, all, yeah. all things being considered, I think this is a, I think you know where I'm going with this is uh, one of the interesting things that Connect tried this year is they did the entire show on on the expo floor uh so everything uh with the exception of some breakouts that they couldn't quite fit in there and some some of the uh uh buyer meetings and things like that but the nine you know the vast majority of everything that was going on was in one expo hall including uh buyer meetings and uh you know exhibitors and then they had multiple theaters set up uh where we did our education sessions and um, they had the, uh, you know, headphone technology, you know, so they kind of realized, OK, if we're going to do this this way, uh, we need to be able to deal with the fact that, hey, we're on a giant you know convention floor. It's going to be a little noisy, going to be a little loud. Um, so how do we deal with that? And so they brought in uh, Quiet Events, uh, which are a headphone rental company to basically use the kind of the silent disco technology where, you know, basically people come into your session and they pop on a pair of headphones. Um, I've used that some of that technology in the past and wasn't super impressed with it. They were kind of rinky dink headphones um, sounded, you know, you picked up it, you know, it picked up a lot of the noise of the trade show floor. Uh, I feel like uh, if I remember right, I was even talking into like a proprietary microphone that I had to like hold a microphone and talk into like a headset <laughs> microphone uh, at the same time in order to do that. Uh, this was just a, you know, a simple transmitter 
that they patched into the existing like audio board for the theater. Um, uh, you and I were able to even patch in uh, a recorder so we could record our session to, to the soundboard. Um, so we had just a couple of speakers on a stick to reinforce anybody who didn't want to have headphones on either because they didn't, you know, their, I don't know, their ears got sweaty or they just didn't want to do it. Um, you know, great. I, you don't want to force people to do things they don't want to do. Um, so people who didn't want to deal with it, you know, could sit close to the front, take their headphones off and still hear, you know, us coming through the speakers. Uh, anybody who did want to use it, I was really impressed by it. You know, so we, you know, as we were testing it out, I popped on the headphones, very, very little delay, right? You know, what we call latency in the business where anytime you're, 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 you know, digitizing something and then broadcasting it from an antenna and then picking it up in another thing, you know, you get a little bit of delay in those things. Um, but, but very, very little delay to the point where we were able to have a conversation between each other without there being, you know, two feet away and not without it being weird. Um, and. And uh, the other thing that I was impressed with was uh, they, it, they could handle up to 10 different frequencies, very easy to change between frequencies. Um, so if you were, uh, you know, wanting to listen to one of the other sessions, it was funny, we were, we were preparing and I looked out and, uh, you know, we weren't in session or anything like that. But there was a woman hanging out in our area and she had on a different color uh, beaming out of her headphones. I was like, oh, wait a second. She's listening to one of the other sessions that's going on right now. <laughs> I kind of want to find out what's going on with that session too. So I grabbed a headphones, you know, popped it over. It was it was Andy King talking from Fire Festival, and uh, so I was like, well, I want to hear what the dude's got to say, even though I'd already watched the documentaries and all that kind of stuff, and was to be honest, kind of burned out on Fire Festival stuff. Um, you know, so I grabbed a pair of headphones, flipped it over to the pink channel, and was like, okay, great. And I listened to the rest of his uh, session while we were doing it. So overall, very impressed. I, I don't know. I feel like you were as well. I don't want it to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the technology, impressed with the range, uh, you know, because his session mm -hmm. was going on on the other side of the convention floor, and I had no problems. It sounded crystal clear in my headphones as well. The only caveat that I'll throw on is... Um, we, we should have had then one more microphone for Q and a, so, you know, we had a, you know, a mm -hmm. microphone for each of us, uh, so that we, you know, as we were given the presentation. So then when it came time for Q and a, people were kind of like headphones on headphones off one headphone on, uh, we were trying to repeat, <laughs> you know, repeat the, uh, you know, questions as they came in so that with people who had the headphones on, couldn't hear the question, you know, we would kind of repeat it. So it's just that kind of awkward uh, same kind of stuff you get when you're recording a session, right? You really want to make sure that all of the questions that come in in the end are are audible, uh, you know, to the recording. Yep. Same kind of thing. We could have just used one more microphone, either a catch box or like even just a handheld or something like that, that we could pass around the audience. Uh, otherwise, I was very impressed with the technology. So shout out to Quiet Events. I think we'll probably try and get them on the show. Yeah, totally. Um, I have one little uh the caveat too and then i uh, pile on a, a tip when it comes to this stuff yeah. too is that um, one thing that i wish we had too was that we um also weren't sure how loud we were being Fair so enough, one yeah. thing that we ended up doing is we literally turned on there were speakers in the room and i don't think they wanted us to turn on i think they were supposed to be off but we turned them on and we knew what we were doing obviously so we turned them on and did a lot of the sessions sometimes where people just didn't even do their headphones which you know we were probably being troublemakers doing that um but we did it because i couldn't tell how loud i was being here right. with rant so i talk louder if brands being the same, you know, to match the same volumes. And also like, I don't know, sometimes it might be too loud, all these things like that. And it really, I think helps to be able to hear yourself. Um, but yeah, and then same time, just put like a monitor at the edge of the stage so we can hear ourselves, throw in a Q&A microphone so we can hear the Q&A on stage. Boom, that would have solved a lot of problems. Um, but with that being said, um, with overall this entire technology, I think a big learning experience about good tech on bad too is, also be prepared for the unintended consequences of how people are going to use the tech as well and either feel be ready to pivot and run with it or be ready to change it as well so for example the wireless headphones worked everywhere so you talked about the woman who was on one side of the room well what ended up happening too i don't think uh we, we talked about this thing very briefly but this is really important is that people would sometimes just take the headsets and just walk off <laughs> right, right, and go right. walk the rest of the convention center, still listening to the talk, like almost like a podcast yeah. at that point. And I think that's really cool. Also really scary because what if the headsets go missing, it costs right. extra costs, things like that. But also at the same time, like, do you want someone walking around the event with headphones on? If there's an emergency, will they be able to hear as well? Like think about all these things that like 
hey, like, how is it going to work? Also, I think they did a really great job that they gave us a moderator for each room who's in charge of the headsets, cleaning them, handing them out, and also acted like kind of as our liaison with the entire event. And I thought that was really, really cool. But just be prepared for unintended consequences for how your tech's going to be used. I'll throw one more on there that, that you're absolutely right about the moderator. Uh, one more thing, and that could have been that could have been that person, um, yep. uh, even though not necessarily someone who who you know that person didn't necessarily have an AV background. Um, but if you did, much like any breakout, right, uh, you have to weigh the weigh the value of having someone in that room. Um, I will say though, because this is a closed environment where you've got people on headphones. It would have been good to your point of, you know, we couldn't really tell how loud we were just having someone monitor it and say, oh, yeah. you know, just someone to be able to say, you know, OK, Brant's way louder than Will. And, you know, even just being able to go over and bring that fader down a little bit or something along those lines. Yeah. So you don't need a rock, you know, a ton of AV experience, but just someone in that room, uh, you know, maybe that monitor person could have been able to just even give us a sign just to know, mm -hmm. just so you know, Brand is so much louder because I, I am uh, very loud, um, <laughs> you know, than, than you are uh, just to keep an eye on the mix, you know. And but again, that's that's a judgment call, you know, for an hour session you know, twice a day, you know, it probably doesn't make sense to have dedicated AV personnel in each one of those sessions. You know, we almost could do a full episode. Uh, maybe it's a blog post. I don't know what exactly format it is for us, but we probably need to answer the question. Do you need a tech in inside of every room for breakouts? Like, and what are the cases where you do and when you don't? Because I feel like that's such a, like an ambiguous thing when it comes to AV companies deciding what it looks like. And we don't know quite the answer. I don't think we have to answer on this episode, but I think yeah. stay tuned because that that's going to come out Endless is going to do some sort of piece of content. I feel like that, we that, touched on it on the AV pricing episodes. Yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, you know, those AV pricing episodes, we could do another one and another one and another one. So it's uh, <laughs> certainly not going to uh, hurt my feelings if we have to talk about that stuff again. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. All right, uh, Brent, you want to take us home? I think we uh, covered some quite a bit of good AV yeah. Yeah, I think we've gone, we've gone, yeah, we were able to find, I think, I think the important thing is to, to, to keep in mind that, you know, even with the best laid plans, things can go bad. So always make sure you've got a backup plan, but always be remembering what is the fundamental reason? Why are you bringing in this tech? We talk about this in this show and we talk about it on event icons quite a bit. You know, why are you bringing in the tech? Not just doing it shiny, shiny, uh, you know, it's shiny and new. What's the newest thing? I should have it at my event, you know, making sure that you You've got a reason behind it and then staying true to that reason. So if the reason you brought in an event app uh, was to replace paper and replace the paper schedules and the bios and all that kind of stuff, then make sure it's good at doing those things and, you know, is, is going to be able to, you know, provide a good experience for your attendees. Same with all of the rest of this stuff. You know, if you're going to go through all the trouble of custom building a, a set piece, make sure that it doesn't weigh <laughs> five tons and it's going to break the first venue that you bring it in on. You know, think about these things. Think it through a little bit. Slow down. Think it through. I'm telling the same things to my, my kids all the time. Uh, so, you know, why not, you know, why not apply it to life? Why not apply it to our events as well? Well, dude, thank you so much, uh, Will, as always, for joining me on this journey. I really appreciate it. Always, always some fantastic. What's, uh, what's, what's, what's new and exciting at Endless these days? Oh, uh, you know, we're just doing the same thing that we're always doing. Always making awesome content. Um, we're getting ready for some awesome big announcements coming out real soon. So um, just stay tuned. I think uh, I think uh, I have a feeling some uh, crossover episodes are going to be happening again in the future. He's got things, folks. I tell you. He's yeah, what got about you? <laughs> well, <laughs> what about you, Brand? Tell us what's <laughs> going on with you. You you always ask me that question. <laughs> yeah, mostly I'm just bumming around with you uh, as we go around from, from places to places. Uh, I've really been enjoying Will and I've been doing some really fun uh, uh, education sessions at a lot of the industry conferences. And so uh, it's been, uh, you know, we get to we get to not only do this on the podcast, but we also get to do it in person and, and joke around and have a good time. So that's always yeah, fun and exciting biscuits. for me, uh, you know. And so we're, we've got a few more shows on tap for the rest of the year. So if we're at one of those shows, please do uh, come by and stop by and say hello, because we really love meeting the folks that uh, that listen to and watch uh, the, the podcast that we do here. It's it's really so much fun. And, and then uh, you know, to, to meet you all out there. So please do. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're new to the show, 
uh, make sure you stop by eventtechpodcast.com. You can find out all the information there. You're going to see the show notes, the links to all of the things that we talked about here uh, during the episode. You're going to see transcripts, all the ums and ahs, all there in their glorious glory. <laughs> um, and uh, all the links to subscribe in your favorite podcast apps, whether that's iTunes, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Uh, although, uh, if I remember right, we're going to have to change the scripting here at the end because uh, Apple's splitting it Apple off into podcast. a dedicated podcast app. So I don't think it's any any longer going to be in iTunes. So we're going to have to adjust my scripting accordingly. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, getting a lot of great information from Spotify, all the folks that are listening there. We do get a little bit more of demographics that you've uh, volunteered uh, to to Spotify to give us. So we appreciate that. Uh, I think we're going to be putting together, Will, I haven't sprung this on you yet, so I'll do it live now. Um, uh, I really want to do hold me an audience. Yeah, exactly. I want to do an audience survey. Um, and I think we might be able to come up with some nice prizes or something along those lines to encourage folks to do that. Because yeah. always, I always hate when I get asked to do a survey and there's like literally nothing. They're, you're giving me literally no <laughs> reason to do this whatsoever. Why should I help you out about this? So I think we're going to might be Let's looking at it. some surveys because uh, I want to know more about you folks and what you folks want to talk about. Like I say, we want to know more what you think. So be sure and contact us uh, at hashtag event tech podcast or event tech podcast at helloendless.com. Tell us what you think. What are the things that we forgot to talk about today? What are some other examples of good tech gone bad? Um and uh, what can we do better to make sure that our event tech is actually being implemented in a way that makes sense? So always, as always, at the end of the show, we really want to yeah. thank you so much for listening. And that does it for another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. Event tech. Oh. Oh.